Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy World Series week, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown presented by Mass Live. I'm Chris Cotillo, your host. Today's guest is Julian McWilliams from the Boston Globe. He's covered them for about four or five years now. You probably follow him on Twitter. Read him at the Globe. We're going to get into you know a lot of the World Series-related storylines involving the Red Sox. Kyle Schwarber, Dave Dombrowski, little Christian Vasquez. Talk about Rafael Devers, who's been in the news this week. If they're going to bring him back, they're going to bring Xander Bogarts back. All that kind of talk between two guys who cover the team. So appreciate Julian coming on. You probably know him from Twitter, uh, where he <laughs> tweets out, you know, everything going on with the Red Sox and you know how much he hates his wife's dog. You might know him from Instagram, where he takes videos of me eating every day at Fenway, whatever I'm eating for dinner. And uh, there's a big, you know, growing audience of people enjoying my <laughs> ice cream consumption and and whatever else is in the media calf. We have Julian McWilliams from the Boston Globe. I believe I believe this is your Fenway rundown debut. We've had Alex, some other people from the Globe, but I think for you, uh, this is the first time. So welcome. It's awesome, man. I'm I'm glad to be here. Uh, I know you got some huge guests coming up, which uh, I won't detail. But yeah, it's 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 I'm I'm the undercard, as you said. So. Right. No, it's we. You know, we're gonna we're gonna post this today. We got some big things on the horizon for tomorrow. So, like I said, Julian McWilliams, the appetizer uh, today, <laughs> and you know, another as we continue through this October, very very slow. Uh, week for the Boston Red Sox, who have not played in three weeks. They barely made any news. Uh, we'll get into some World Series stuff, some postseason observations, all that. But we want to talk about Rafael Devers first. Obviously, if you've been on oh, Twitter this yeah. week, <laughs> you've been on Twitter this week. You've seen, you know, all the all the talks, all the rumors about Rafael Devers. You know, uh, some stuff out of the Dominican Republic and very well respected reporters down there, Janssen Pujols, um, you know, tweeting that the Red Sox are starting to. Um, you know, talk with Rafael Devers, uh, you know, from what I've gathered as I've tweeted and, and what people, um, you know, have been debating, how far along are those talks? Uh, as of Monday, they had not talked at all. It seems like, you know, Eddie Romero went and visited Rafael Devers. As I wrote, and Alex Spear, your colleague, wrote, uh, it was more of a, a general check-in, but, you know, Janssen, who's very well connected, says that there was an offer made. Um, so we don't know exactly where things stand. I do think that it's going to be you know, potentially a, a few months of, of Devers talk here, just like it's been a few years of Devers talk. But ultimately, the question to you, Julian, is do you think this gets done at some point before opening day? I think it gets done. I mean, yeah. I think something gets done. I think they, especially going into to this offseason, I think Haim has a lot of pressure to get things done. Now, if they were to, uh, you know, I say this all the time, if they were to be in a winning situation where they went to ALCS again and, you know, happen to fall short, Perhaps he has a little bit more runway to sort of wiggle the way, like, oh, you know, maybe not offer Xander, maybe not offer Devers. Yeah. But uh man, if I mean he has to offer these these guys at this mm-hmm. point, a, a, a valuable deal, just considering the way uh last season went. I think, especially with this fan base, it's not it's not gonna be pretty. I mean, you're talking about two uh cornerstone guys, and we've been saying that all season. So, I mean, all right. year. Um, so yeah, I think something, you know, eventually gets done because I mean, like I said, you, you, it's, it's rare that you have a talent like Devers, 
Um, it's rare that, you know, you, he's entering what his age 26 season or something like that. Sorry, mm-hmm. the trains in the freaking background is blows on mine. <laughs> I can't stand it. Like this, the housing that market, or, that or the door stopper, uh, the door stopper. My, yeah. my, my daughter plays with the door stopper all the time, but the, like, I don't know how we're going to resell this house. Like we're going to have to say like, Hey, can you shut down the T line while we do some, like, you know, a little bit of a, you know, house hunting, have people coming in for some house hunting, like. Can you just stop the, the entire T line? Because it's literally right behind us. But anyways, um, so yeah, I think I think something gets done because I mean it's it's rare that you have a, a player line up um, in his prime then going into free agency. You know, I think you know, somebody even like a Jason Hayward that that was like a big thing. I and mean, granted, he's not Rafael Devers, obviously, but mm-hmm. when he was going into I believe his age twenty six season, he was a free agent because he was called up when he was nineteen years old. Right. And that was a huge thing for the Cubs and why they offered him, you know, so much. And granted, that 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 contract did not work out. But obviously, you know, Devers is, a, is at a different level than than a Jason Hayward. But I'm just using the age mm-hmm. as sort of a, you know, factor. Even a Juan Soto, you know, the the the, the age and and, and the, so it's rare that you see the free agencies and primes line up the way they do. And obviously, they do that with De- it does with Devers. Yeah, and you know, we talked and Steve Peralt and Joey Capone were on here last week and talking about, you know, keeping the Red Sox relevant, getting them back to being relevant here and, and in the majors. And homegrown stars are the way to do that. You know, the, the people who run the team think that, um, you know, and I think that as much as, you know, I know we're not going to go into the revisionist history and debate the Mookie trade here because, you know, I've given my thoughts on that. You have too. But, like, people, I think, are still – you know, reeling from that a little bit, right? Like they saw this guy grow up, yeah. he won a title, they love that, and, and they don't want to see the history repeat itself with, with Bogarts or Devers. And I think at a certain point, it can't just be that, you know, cold business decision. You know, there is emotion behind it. I do think that whole like Heim Bloom is, is too cold of a decision maker is overblown. But um, like for the Red Sox as an, orga- as an organization, it's going to be like we kind of have to appease fans at a certain point. Throwing a boatload of money at Devers is a great way to do that. Yeah. I mean, and you're the Red Sox. Right. I mean, like yeah. they have 365 days a year, they have tours like mm-hmm. at like at Fenway Park. Like you could probably pay, I don't know, who's uh freaking Ryan Brazier's next year's salary if he's not non-tendered, like <laughs> just in tours. Like mm-hmm. here's some tour money. Like, you know what I right. mean? Like uh so it's it it's wild that like a lot of these markets are thinking like that, especially even even New York, like how do you let a judge walk? I know you had a terrible postseason, but like based on like the history of the Yankees, the history of, um, you know, what 61 meant, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it's it's a perfect marriage for something that, for that to keep going. You know, if you go to another team, it kind of, it takes it takes sort of the, the, the fan element out of baseball. And I think if you look at, you know, Devers and Bogarts, it does the same thing here. You know, you talk to everybody and they're like, what's going to happen with Devers? What's going to happen with Bogarts? What, what are they going to do? They can't let those guys go. Um, so I think you're looking at a situation where it's like, yes, those are, you have, you have premier players, but you also have the element of them being attached to a place that, you know, frankly, you know, I think that you've seen a little bit more, um, particularly with, with Xander, uh, a little bit more, um, connection to this than say with a Mookie. Cause Mookie was like, I'm going to get my money regardless. I'm going right. to go to free agency. I want right. to, you know, I want to test the market. Xander's like, Xander from the beginning is like, I want to be here, right? right. Like, you know, I don't think Xander's the type of guy that wants yeah, to go to he took the hometown discount before, too. Yeah, and if you remember after that, he said the part of the reason why he took it was because it would be too much stress going into that 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 last year mm-hmm. before you get into your contract. Like, dude, this is where right. I want to be. Like, I don't want to 
you know, Mookie, the, the, I, I think Mookie had a connection, but he also saw the business side of, and, and Xander does right. too, but he, but he was more connected to the business side of like, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to go get my money, like mm -hmm. wherever, wherever I'm going to get my market value. Um, and, you know, the union really wanted him to go to free agency at that time. They were like, this could be our guy to like, sort of like set, really, really set the market, you know, but it just so happened that COVID happened and he ended up signing for 365 anyway. But I think you're looking at a situation where it's, it's, it's a perfect marriage for both sides to continue, um, you know, you know, the relationship that they've, that they've had. And I wonder how much, you know, they're hand in hand with each other, right? They're best friends. Devers is the little brother. We've heard about that so much. Um, you know, like what send, you know, not just signing one of them, but two of them, that message I think would be, you know, a, a real one that Red Sox fans would be the best news that has happened to the Red Sox. Uh, maybe, you know, on the time since I've been covering the beat, right. Which is five years now, just like kind of this commitment to like, we know you love these guys. We're might just overpay. We know we haven't done this in recent years. Um, if you pay Bo, if you get Bogarts back, maybe Devers is more likely to come back. If that, you know, I don't know in which order they're going to talk. Obviously, there's some Devers smoke this week. The Bogarts decision is more imminent because he can hit free agency in two weeks instead of you know a year in two weeks like Devers. But you know, not necessarily a package deal because it's never that simple. But I think there is something to that too. Yeah, I think you know going back and just looking at you know, obviously, I think money talks at the end of the day. I think if you know they offer, you know, yeah, say. Devers like, hey, here's 275, 300 million. It's like, oh yeah, but what about my boy over here? Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna say that, right? You're just like, well, yeah, this right. is the Red Sox. I'm gonna stay here. But I think there that you that you've seen this year, there's an element of the clubhouse that that sort of needs that, particularly with this team, this that that close knit type of group to for it to be able to work. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways, um, you know, I wouldn't say that was missing this year, but I think it was something that was certainly um, certainly underestimated um to what certain guys mean to to a clubhouse um from Vasquez to Pulwecki you can say whatever you want about it but yeah uh these are guys that were intertwined within the organization um from a player perspective from a you know helping uh others develop and and, and you know grow and it's so I think you gotta I think you really have to look at that element I think that's something that was really really you know overlooked so if you look at if you if you go into next year and you don't see Devers, you know who's 26 years old, and you lose him to you know free agency, and you just lost another you know 26, 27 year old two years previously in Mookie, mm -hmm. it's be like, dude, like, what are we doing? Yeah, right. I think that's 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 not the way to go. And the same thing certainly with Xander. I think at this point, I mean, I think the thing that I've learned from me being uh, from from New York, and and the thing that I've noticed about Boston is that. Um, it sort of reminds me of Philly in a way, right? I think that's why Philly and Boston really sort of appreciate each other where it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's small enough for it to, 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 for it to, you know, to still have that sort of towny homey feel, but it's like still a big, big market with big, big expectations and big money for of, both teams and big money for both teams. So if you, so uh, the fans sort of become more entrenched and immersed in the, in the culture of the team and the culture of its players Mm -hmm. More so than in New York, because I think, you know, there's a lot more stuff going on in New York. Right. right. Um, and, and so I think you could probably say the same thing, especially for L.A., which I think there's a ton of ton of stuff like people are really worried about the, you know, the Lakers, if they're really not doing well. Right. I think that's that's a certain thing. But I, I think there's yeah, exactly uh, the Rams like who like who even knows about those guys. But I think if you look at the teams that, that Boston people are connected to, 
Um, it's obviously the Red Sox, and, and then on a personal level, it's it's Bogarts. And if they sh- if that love is reciprocated between player and fan, and then you're also a productive player, I mean, it, it's it's almost like you can't let that person go. So I think that's there. That's an element here too, and that that and and Bogarts has been here since 19 years old. He's taken on the pressure of the city. Um, he's taking on everything, and I think that's the type of guy that you want around. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it was funny. There was one point during the season where there was a bad loss and he was not playing well very late and he didn't talk to the media and like it, you know that's always a big big no-no for us like you got to be yeah. accountable especially in a market like this and like talking to people about it we're like this is literally since he started in 2013 here like the worst thing he's done like this is like yeah. he's such a perfect citizen like on the field off the field with the media with teammates with the community all that type of stuff like you couldn't possibly ask for more, you know, like if that's the biggest thing, that's an issue, then obviously, you know, you have a guy that, that you want to build around. I do want to segue. You, you talked about two things that we're going to talk about now, Christian Vasquez and the city of Philadelphia, as we talk about, you know, the playoffs, the world series, I guess, first of all, if you've been watching this and I don't know how much, you know, playoff baseball you've been watching. My thing is a little disconnect. If the Red Sox aren't in it, you know, not watch that much, yeah. but uh, live with the diehard Yankees fans. So we watched all their games. Uh, my takeaways are, the Red Sox need power if they want to compete in the playoffs. Uh, that was, I think, the biggest one. I and mean, when you see these teams that, you know, I know the Phillies, you know, weren't world beaters during the season, but you see teams like, you know, the Astros or, or you know, the Braves or you know, the Padres. I mean, what is what is it about those teams that you know, made them successful compared to the 2022 Red Sox in your mind? I, I, at first, I think, you know, talent, obviously. Um, you know, I was reading, I obviously the uh, – I think, you know, Brian Bannister posted something on Dave Dombrowski and how yeah. he um, and it was a really good thread. If anybody hasn't seen it, like mm-hmm. just on like his, his his thinking and he thinks that like ultimately like the stars show up in in, in in big situations. And you've seen that sort of, you know, with Bryce being injured for most of the year, him not really winning a postseason game, um, you know, a postseason series, excuse me, before um, before this year. Uh, but you're you're seeing, you know, a guy that's a legitimate superstar step up in those moments. And right. I think um, somehow an star- underrated superstar, as I tweeted over the week. Crazy. It's it's absurd. Yeah. He's going to Hall of Fame. Like right. the dude has like it, it, his if you look at his like his numbers, the two time MVP, like it's nuts. So I really think the pitching, um, starting pitching is something that's really, really um undervalued and i think stars um and i and and if you look at like a team like you know if, if your stars get hot like the like the shorbers and, and, and harpers mm-hmm. and, and everybody like that i think it's sort of everybody else gravitates to that um yeah. so you know and then with houston i mean that's listen i, I think i tweeted out houston is 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 what everybody says the dodgers are like mm-hmm. Houston is legitimately that. Like, I mean, for them to for them to say, "Okay, Correa, goodbye." They're like they're later. like a dynasty, you know. They are. It's 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 incredible. Like, if you want to talk about long term sustainability, mm-hmm. that's the model you should be going after. It shouldn't be going after like a say, um, you know, a model maybe getting to the playoffs every right. year. Let's you know, it's like let's get to the World Series every year. Like, that's the long term sustainability that we're talking about. And you're talking about a team that replaced Correa. Oh, let me give you ALCS MVP and Jeremy Pena. Mm-hmm. Replace Tucker. I mean, replace Springer. Oh, let me give you a 30 home run guy in Kyle Tucker. Like, and then they have their superstars sort of like, um, like around that with Altuve and Bregman as the mainstays yep. and everything else just works. 
Verlander and everything else just works. So I just think necessarily, I think it comes down to position players that are stars. I think it comes down to starting pitching and, <clears throat> and an elite bullpen. The Red Sox didn't have really much of any of that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Devers showed them in patches. Bogarts obviously was in a, in a running for the batting title, but they were missing so much in terms of like just consistency amongst the, amongst, amongst like first off position players, consistency in the rotation. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't see Nick Pavetta or Michael Waka taking game one, game two of the world series. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, and that's no shot. And that's not no sh- any shade on them. Like it's not a shot at them. It's just, that's just not the way, the way this thing is built up. I mean, you need yeah. guys out there. You need that Wheeler. You need that Verlander. Um, you need that Garrett Cole. You know, I think mm-hmm. uh, you, you need frontline starters. And, and I think a lot of times that that's been sort of overlooked as we've tried to piece and puzzle and do the bullpen things and everything like that. It's like, well, you like they're relievers for a reason, right? Yeah. Look at the race. Yeah. You take the only the only season the Rays made the World Series and was a season where it's a sixty game season. They did not have to round their bullpen that much throughout the season, so all their guys are fresh. Like mm-hmm. they like, but if 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 you get to to get to the end of October, like you're looking at a situation where guys are tired, and you need your you need your guys that 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 are rotation guys that know how to get the players out with uh, hitters out with stuff, and when they when knowing how to get hitters out with the, with when they don't have their best stuff. Right. And usually that's not a reliever reliever. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, I'm giving you my best stuff and hit it, have at it. Everything else. It's like, you know, if they don't have their best stuff, they're off. So yeah. Um, if you're looking at a bullpen to cover the entirety of a game or, or say any five through nine, I think, I think that's a recipe for failure in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, just look at the Red Sox teams that have won it. Right. I mean, you know, sale price, Porcello or, uh, you know, all Cy Young, you know, couple of one Cy Youngs and you know if not Cy Young candidates back in the day Pedro Hall of Famer Kurt Schilling borderline yeah. Hall of Famer like you know Daisuke was an ace in 07 you know like those yeah. guys and like you know I, I thought you know the Red Sox starting rotation was actually a strength when healthy this year like you know Walker had a good year Ivaldi when healthy had a good year Veta up and down um, but they just they didn't have that that guy and, and obviously in the postseason you need that guy I think this week there's been a lot timely of hitting too. I think that's another yeah, thing Red Sox like it's completely like, missed. Mm-hmm. You know, putting the ball in play and timely hitting. I think that's something that we've seen a lot this year. Right. That's they, it. Yeah. There wasn't much of that. Uh, there's been a lot of David Dombrowski discourse. Uh, you know, neither of us covered him for long. You know, I, I was started on the beat in 18, you in 19. Um, but if you really look at it and you take a step back, like I was writing about it, and it was kind of like a Oh wow, this guy's actually taken four teams and four very different markets to the World Series over the course of like, you know, 25 years, right? Like he yeah. the the Marlins in 97, twice with the Tigers, the Red Sox in 18, the Phillies now. Like he just knows how Hall to identify. Famer. Yeah, for sure. And he knows how to identify winning players. Uh what I'd say here, two things can be true. He's a Hall of Famer, a great executive, and uh did his job in Boston and was great as the Red Sox president of baseball operations. And also at the same time, I still see why they moved on from him. Um, mm-hmm. Does this run he's made with the Phillies, uh, a team in you know similar market, you know similar type of thing, make you think that they should have held on a little longer? Or at that point, you know, looking back three years later, do you think that was the right move? I mean, not for what the Red Sox were going for, right? Right when when you look at say. Um, look at a team that, that like there's a lot of 
risk reward in what he does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of times it depends on what you want. Like, if I were the Yankees, I would say, okay, screw this, kick the tires on cash them, give me a Dombrowski. Like, it's it's been too long. Like, to hell, you guys made the world. I mean, the the playoffs is every year. I haven't had a losing record since <clears throat> 1992. But you know, if you look at like the past you know decade, you don't have you haven't been the World Series in over a decade. Yep. I mean, you, you know, so that's that says something. And and I think if you look at like the Dombrowski situation and where ownership wanted to go, which is just trying to get to that sort of that quote unquote Yankee slash uh, Dodgers model of, mm -hmm. of making the postseason that sustainability. Yeah, which also means in a lot of ways we could probably be a topic for another conversation, but like long term, like job stability too for like a lot of these GMs because it's like, hey, mm -hmm. I've taken to the playoffs. We've gotten the, you know, we've kept fans in tree. We got the we you've gotten our returns and 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 uh, you know and funds and, and finances and all that stuff. So, um, but that's obviously the conversation for another day. But um, I think, but for what the Red Sox wanted, sure, yeah, they should have moved on. Um, mm -hmm. He's not, it's but, not in his DNA to reset the CBT and trade. Movie no, guys. exactly. Um, and if and, that and, was from ownership, he wasn't going to do it. And I think that's like what it was, right? Like they, he said there was a, you know, they all sides said there was a difference in opinion and how they should proceed. And the ownership at the end of the day makes a call. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then you could look at the like, optically, like they had just lost, I think what three or four to the Yankees. I think they, when he got fired, like they, it's yeah, sort of like horrible, just cemented their season. Homestand. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think the, the model, which is now coming a copycat model of sustainability, which is going to be interesting going forward is like, okay, if everybody's trying to create sustainability, then there's obviously going to be some instable organizations because ultimately there's a team that's better than the other. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but where it helps is that the Red Sox obviously have, have, have the money to be able to do so. So no, I don't think it was necessarily the wrong decision, but I think it, but I think this is sort of stamps, uh, it, it sort of puts in perspective how really good of a an executive uh, Dombrowski is because I think he got a lot of bad rap. Like he I did. think he's underrated for his Red Sox. I tenure. think, I, and I I'll think them, yeah, and I think them saying that like, oh, the system was gutted. I think that was a little bit overblown too. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at even those guys that like Kopech and Mankata, like yeah, like their potential, but like have they lived up to their potential necessarily? Not right. really. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that this, if you're looking at a guy that's been in the game since 1977 or something like that, you know, I mm -hmm. looked it up the other day and he's taken like, like four different teams, literally like basically over across like the last two decades, four different teams to the world series. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. His ability to be able to, cause think about how much the game has changed from 1997 to now. Mm -hmm. And think about how he's been able to see that, recognize that, and say, "Okay, this is what we need to do to get better." You know, in this in this matchup, in this in this in this category, in this um, you know sort of thing. And then his his the way he like you know he got the Marsh guy this year. You know, yeah. Steve Pierce uh, for, for the Red Sox, Kinsler for the Red Sox. Like it's not just like Evaldi. the JD Evaldi. It's not just like the JD Martinez move and you know, the David Price move. It's like, yeah, he, he makes the big bang. It's like, no, nah, man, like he's actually out here working within the margins right. that, that a lot of these analytically driven GMs talk about winning within the margins. He's actually doing that, mm -hmm. but he's just not calling it that. So right. I think this, this, this goes, this just stamps his resume more as, 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 as the Hall of Fame executive that I thought he was even before he, he, he made, he went on this Phillies run.
And I think the thing that to me, you know, I said this a little earlier, but just identifying the winning player, right? Like whether it be Steve Pearson, Evaldi back then, or Kinsler, a guy he knew, or, you know, JD Martinez, a guy he knew, but like, you know, the guy I want to talk about now is Kyle Schwarber. Like he, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Dave, you know, you looked at that team spring training, Schwarber, Castellanos, like, no defense be damned, right? Like this is not going to work out and you have all these guys and, um, but like Kyle Schwarber is a winner. We saw that last year up close and personal. We saw that with the Cubs before, um, you know, like he is a guy that I, you know, you could run out there in any situation. You feel like you're going to get a good performance out of him. I know the average is never there, but just complete package, you know, like he was a great fit in Boston. We talk about the similarities mm-hmm. there. Great fit in Philly. Um, like that's, I think the thing with Dave, right? Like just that this guy has the it factor to identify yeah. that. And like, all right, we won 87 games or whatever it was in the regular season, but we have, guys who first of all the aces zach wheeler was you know i mean he's very also underrated like he's he's amazing mm-hmm. you know nola you get those guys at the top of the rotation um you know you have your stars and bryce and, and some of these other guys and then um you know like those you know i'm not going to call schwarber a move in the margins or castellanos or whatever but you know guys that you know have kind of proven track records and major league success and you know in this case guys that have, have worked out in year one yeah, and I think Schwarber, if you look at the Red Sox, like I think he gave their lineup a certain attitude last year. He did. Of like, we're not chasing balls out the zone. Mm-hmm. We're going to be as stubborn as possible, um, and 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 not, you know, and and look for our pitch and, and sort of drive that pitch. And and I think you're seeing that, you know, with with him in certain spots in in the, in the postseason. And, you know, just the way he fits into that market. And I, and I think that's another thing too, right? I think you have to not only take into consideration a guy and his, his ability. I think you have to take into consideration. Can this guy be a fit here? Yeah. Um, he can be so anywhere. If you, yeah. If you look at a short, but he came from the Cubs, you know, which obviously takes their baseball seriously. And, and, and is, is they might not be as like nasty as like Boston and Philly fans, but you, you look at to see if they can fit with that attitude and you see Schwarber come across Philly and he's like, you know, it's, 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 it's just a fit. It just, it just, it just fits like from everything to like the beard, you know, I, I mm-hmm. went to school in Philly. It's like the Philly beard thing that everybody has with Philly. Yeah. Um, the mechanical to, ball at Xfinity live across the street. Exactly. Yeah. All that stuff. So I think you, that's, that's a way that people become like entrenched and involved in, in their teams, especially like in, in Boston, New York, you know, Philly, which I think are the tough, the three hardest markets to, to, to win in and to excel in. Um, because you have so many lights on you, but like, I think, you know, you, you just see a person that's just a winner, like you said, and then I think you, 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 they're reaping the benefits of that in the postseason. Yeah. I want to get on, you know, this will be kind of how we wrap up, but Schwarber with the Red Sox last off season, you know, like to me, it just felt like a pure rental. It didn't feel like they were going to bring him back. You know, because you heard so much, like, we want to focus on defense with this team. We want, you know, defense. We're going to really focus on, you know, the defensive labs and obviously Trevor Story. You know, they wanted to go after him for his glove and they thought it would play at second base, which it did. They wanted Bogarts to improve. Like, they couldn't have, you know, a roster probably with Kyle Schwarber and J.D. Martinez on it. Um, so people talk about, like, oh, they, they should have, you know, made a push to sign Schwarber in spring training. You know, maybe, you know, sign with the same deal the Phillies did, whatever it may be. I don't think that would have been the move. The move to me, trade J.D. Martinez and have him be your DH for this year. And I think that's the window they missed out on. But I bet teams looked at J.D.'s salary this year, about $20 million, and said, you know, we're not going to do that. So once J.D. opted in, I think the window closed for Schwarber there. And 
a little revisionist history now, like, oh, maybe they should have brought him back. But I think it was always one or the other instead of both. Yeah, I think the ideal thing the Red Sox probably wanted would probably be for JD to opt out and yeah, then for sure. offer offer score Schrober that money. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I mean, it's it's even if you did have both, it's one year. Um, you're the Red Sox, and yeah. I think sometimes we like tend to think about this like a little bit too too much. But it's like, hey, if you go to ownership and say Jacob goes ownership, it's like, hey, like I know this guy just opted in. You know, I could possibly try to trade this guy in, in JD Martinez mm -hmm. and have him be the have you know Schroeder be the full time DH, and you know going forward, you know this year plus the years after that. But you know, obviously those 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 things sort of have a lot of moving parts. But I think you know I I, I think they should have made a running at Schroeder. I, I thought they were going to make I thought they were going to make a running running at Schroeder. But then I, when I saw the the number that he signed for, I'm like, dang, like they really couldn't pull that off or just perhaps one year or maybe perhaps just a half a season. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just think that that guys like that don't really necessarily hit the mark. And, and, and I think Sean brought it up or, you know, during the um, McAdam, during the uh, um, sort of the postseason, uh, the, the, the end of year wrap up where he said that mm -hmm. this team has been, the DH spot is, has been owned by guys that are at the top of the league. Right. Um, you know, and if you, now going into next year, it's like, well, what's really there? I mean, maybe you trade Mancini. I would maybe that's that's possibly a potential name, mm -hmm. but um, he sort of had a down Eric uh, year. Eric um, yeah, that's which is, you know, I mean, you know, I I I, I appreciate what what Eric has done as a player, but you know, for that to be your your full time DH, I think he's sort of like, sort of really missing out one on the defensive side, and then two, it's like. Yeah, you know the power really isn't there, and that's something that the that the Red Sox really really uh, struggled with this year. So, uh, I think I think it's going to be interesting, man. It's really going to be interesting to see how they fill that spot because, you know, I know JD came out; it didn't really have a good year this year, but it's still a huge, huge uh, mm -hmm. gap in in, yeah. in 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 a flaw in their in their uh, in their team this year. I mean, going into next next season. Yeah, and one that you know has been filled like like we talked about before, JD. Ortiz and you know it was basically you know 20 year run of, of those two guys we'll end with this uh world series prediction from Julian McWilliams Houston Astros I think the Houston pulls it off I think how many games mm, I'm gonna go bold I'm gonna go five yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go yeah five I'm giving it five I think that but I will say this and this is not me taking the other side if the the Phillies do win like it's. It, it, I'm not saying the Phillies can't win. I'm just picking the Astros to win because they're the better team. Yeah. But that's not accounting for what Philly has done um, up to this point. And maybe I should be going for that, but I just don't. I just think Houston has, is just way too loaded, and I think mm -hmm. this is their sort of their 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 season. And I think they're they're the best team, team top to bottom. And I think typically in a seven game series, um, you know the 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 better team usually wins, but. Philly's proven that to be uh, sort of false in some senses because they've they've gotten hot and look they've 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 played awesome baseball. But I got to go with the Astros. Yeah, I was going to say give me the team of destiny, but you're right. I'll go with Astros and six. So I'll, you'll go the gentleman sweep. I'll go a little longer. Well, yeah. Julian, we appreciate you uh, making your Fenway Rundown debut. And, and people, like I said, he's good in print. Better on the Instagram story chronicling my, <laughs> my daily eats at Fenway. 
Awesome. Yeah, I got to, uh, people were asking about that. So, yo, where's where's that kid at? Where's that kid at? Yeah, March 30th. I'll be back. All right, we got it. No, but before that, I got to get you some spring training eats because, uh, you yeah, know, that's... Uh, that cafeteria is even better. Yeah. Uh, well, I know not. you like Bojangles, too, so we'll get you some of that. Yeah, PDQ is the best. <laughs> <laughs>